I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the hot conversation for a very hot summer has been the price of gas. Uh, thankfully, it has been going down uh, over the last several weeks. But the war of words about who's responsible for them going up, coming down, uh, is a heated debate. And it continues to go on, especially as we march our way towards the midterm elections. And again, it's uh, it's one of those things where, depending on how you view the world and which side of the political fence you uh, tend to find yourself on, you may blame the rising gas price on Vladimir Putin, global supply chain. You can blame it on administrations past and present. Uh, there's always someone to blame. To blame. Uh, the bigger question is, is, is who do you give credit to when things change course? And obviously the, the price of petroleum, the, the crude oil prices, uh, are influenced by a host of different things. There is no single component that is causing gas prices to be where they have been and where they are right now. And so I want to dig into that just a little bit because there was an interesting exchange by two senators uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, that I respect and who normally have very soft, uh, very respectful conversations. And it got a little heated between these two. Very interesting, uh, independent Senator from Maine, Senator Angus King, uh, he does caucus with the Democrats. And Senator John Barrasso, uh, who's uh, just uh, nearby here, Republican from Wyoming, uh, they had a, a very interesting, surprising to me, exchange because both of them, uh, again, are, are pretty even keel uh, and pretty reflective uh, in terms of their comments and pretty judicious in terms of saying things. Uh, in public, and they're all often behind the scenes uh, working to try to get some things done. So I, I want to go through this because it just sort of demonstrates where we are in some of these conversations. So going to start with Senator Angus King. He started by poking holes in the Republicans' claim that President Biden is the one who is responsible for high gas prices. Mr. Chairman, recently I traveled with an intelligence committee group to Finland, Latvia, and Turkey and took note of gas prices in those countries, all of which were substantially above our prices when 
adjusted for dollars and, and gallons leaders. In fact, uh, I did some research when I come, came home. Turns out there are 105 countries in the world that have higher gas prices than we do. And uh, all of the developed countries that we compete with have higher gas prices than we do. And my only conclusion was that Joe Biden guy really gets around. If he's increasing gas prices in South Korea and and Finland and Latvia. The other question I would have for Mr. Barrasso, Senator Barrasso, is gas prices have gone down 40 cents in about the last month. Is that the Biden administration? Does the Biden administration get to take credit for that, or do they only get blamed when they go up? That's a, a pretty pointed comment there from Senator Angus King uh, saying, hey, I, I've been all around the world and they have higher gas prices than we do. Is that also Joe Biden's fault? Uh, and then saying, hey, they've been going down 40 cents over the last few weeks. Uh, does he get does President Biden and his administration get credit for that? Uh, so, of course, Senator Barrasso did have an opportunity to respond. Uh, he believes regular people uh, are actually more responsible for the drop in prices. Uh, he also had tangled a little bit back and forth with Senator King over the still high prices at the pump. People are hurting in this country. People can't afford $5 a gallon gasoline. At that point, it's no longer how much does it cost to fill the tank. It's people saying, I can't afford to fill the tank. I have $100. I go to the gas station. I can't even get a fill up at that point. Nobody's and as a result, the, the demand is down, not because of Joe Biden. The demand is down because people can't afford to fill their tank with gasoline. They can't afford $5 of gasoline. And in terms of people having their own opinion, everybody's entitled to that, but not their own facts. So a little back and forth there between the two senators, uh, and he's saying, well, demand is going down because people just can't afford it. So if you only have $50, you're going to put $50 in the tank. It may not fill it all the way up. Senator Barrasso then went on to talk about the issue of oil production and its part in the gas hike equation. When I hear a member say we are at historically high production levels, I would have to point out that we are today a million barrels a day less production in the United States than we were in 2019 prior to the pandemic. So there is no credence to the idea that we are at historically high high production. We are at historically high prices, and the American families are suffering. All right, so there's a uh, a pretty good back and forth uh, between the two senators, and and there's some truth to both of that, uh, to both of their comments. Uh, I do think presidents of both political parties get uh, way too much blame when things are bad and way too much credit when things are good. And you do have to get into the the actual numbers, the dollars and cents of it all. Uh, And I think while Senator King was saying, hey, look, they've gone, prices have gone down 40 cents a gallon on average, um, that uh, we're still at some pretty high numbers. Uh, In fact, the uh, if you look at it just a year over year, uh, we're, we were looking at uh, $3.16 a gallon a year ago. Uh, and so even even though things have come down to about four seventy, a lot of places still f- close to 5 bucks. most places here in the state of Utah, uh, we're still way above the $3.16 we were just one year ago. And, and so, yes, there is a little bit of a roller coaster, uh, obviously, since the pandemic uh, we obviously have the war going on in Ukraine, the invasion by Russia. Uh, all of those things, of course, have had an effect, uh, as had uh, presidential executive orders uh, on the president's first day uh, on the job, uh, where uh, production was stopped, key pipelines were stopped, 
Uh, we know there's a regulatory burden that has been placed that uh, have caused a lot of refineries to just be mothballed because it was no longer worth it. And and you can't blame uh, an energy company for not wanting to invest in something that the administration is saying, we don't want this to exist in another couple of years. Uh, so why would you want to invest millions of dollars to crank one of those refineries that have been in mothballs back up if you know you're not going to be able to get a return on that investment? Uh, that's just dollars and cents. That's just economics. And so there's plenty of blame to go around. There's a plenty of finger pointing to go around. Uh, but the interesting thing to me is how do we actually get uh, get past that to actually start looking at policy that can actually make a difference, that can actually make sure that uh, the reason the demand is going down is because people just can't afford it and, and because people are also trying to do things like put food on the table uh, because of inflation. Uh, and so they're making choices. And so it's, yeah, I can only fill up half the gas tank and get groceries this week. And so many... Americans are, are facing those very tough choices, real choices around the kitchen table in terms of what do we spend on, where do we save, where do we scrimp, uh, and where do we go into debt? And those those are real questions from real Americans. Uh, and so I thought this was an interesting exchange, uh, mostly because these two rarely get uh, riled up that way. But it does show you that the stakes are very high rolling into the fall and into the midterm election campaigns. Uh, it also shows that there is some underlying angst uh, in the country as to why we are where we are, why we missed signs a year ago and two years ago. If you missed our interview earlier with Eric Bame from Reason, uh, talking about tariffs, tariffs that were put in place under the Trump administration that the Biden administration is all too happy to just keep rolling along because that is what the uh, union uh, influencers have wanted. And so they're continuing to make that case. So uh, it's a complicated, messy world out there, uh, but trying to unravel it a piece at a time uh, and to do it in a way where we can have the higher level conversation is how we get to the higher level results. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. Coming up, some closing thoughts for you rolling into the Pioneer Day weekend. Stay with us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. <laughs> 